O God, you are my God. Early will I seek you. My soul thirsts for you. My flesh also longs after you. In a barren and dry land where there is no water. Thus I have looked upon you in your holy place, that I might behold your power and glory. Heavenly Father, as we look at your text today, let us be given water and food from your holy word, that we might be refreshed. In the name of the Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit. Amen. Well, last week, we saw Jesus revealed by the Godhead as the second person of the Trinity. We saw him show what baptism is, and we saw his being anointed by it, and therefore our anointing in him with it. We saw Jesus take a sacramental mark of repentance and change it to a sacrament, a token of the indwelling of the Holy Spirit, that reality that for Christians the Holy Spirit lives within them and brings about regeneration and transformation. In today's Gospel of John, we are introduced to two apostles that that happens with. St. Philip and Nathaniel, also known as St. Bartholomew, who are transformed from fishermen into the twelve, one of the twelve apostles. And we see three things that I'd like for you to pay attention to in the text today. Number one are the words of Jesus that should ring true with us, not just today, but every day. Follow me. Follow me to follow him to that fullness of the proclamation of who he is. Secondly, the words of St. Philip, come and see, come and see. The importance of not just following Jesus, but of showing forth Jesus to other people. And thirdly, is a lesser point, that Jesus redeems all personalities that Jesus redeems all personalities. There are many reasons that we can know that the Bible is the word of God and not some myth, but one of the reasons that I'm continually assured of that throughout Scripture is that the personalities you find in Scripture just leap off of the page. They're real people, right? I mean, you read some of the um, stories about the saints even, and you can tell, well, um, you know, this seems like a legend. But you look at Scripture and you see unvarnished the people in Scripture and their response to God. And both Philip and Nathaniel are, no, are not uh, exceptions to this rule. Each one has a very different response to Jesus' call. But both respond to Jesus' call and both, therefore, are transformed by it and by being in his presence. Take Philip, for instance. Who was St. Philip? Philip is a Greek name, which is interesting in and of itself. It means lover of horses. And it was actually a common name in this region because Philip was the name um, 
that was actually uh, one of the Greek conquerors was in the region. And for some reason, the Jews liked him, and therefore they named uh, their children Philip. And we also see that Philip um, is one of the twelve apostles. But we look at him for the first time in today's text. So I ask you to open with me to today's text, verse 43 of John chapter 1. If you have your Bibles or if you have the scripture insert, it's there as well. Let's jump right in. The next day, Jesus decided to go to Galilee. He found Philip and said to him, follow me. Now Philip was from Bethsaida the city of Andrew and Peter. Philip found Nathanael and said to him, We have found him who Moses in the law and also the prophets wrote, Jesus of Nazareth, the son of Joseph. So here we have Jesus calling Philip very simply saying, Follow me. Follow me. In Greek it's one word. Ekaluthian. I didn't even try to say it at 8 o'clock, but I've had some coffee right now. So. Um, so it's one word, but it means not just to follow, not just to start off. It means to follow and persist and follow from now on, right? Which, of course, is his call not just to Philip, but to all of his followers. And what's Philip's response? What's Philip's response? Look at verse 45 again. Philip found Nathanael and said to him, We have found him who Moses in the law and also the prophets wrote, Jesus of Nazareth, the son of Joseph. Philip's response is to immediately take this good news and go and share it with his friend Nathanael. Right? He's not going to hold that to himself. He's going to share this good news of having found Jesus with his friend. Philip is all in, right from the start. He's fully convinced and believes that Jesus is who Moses and the law, which is what the Jews call the first five books of the Bible, and the prophets wrote about. And he wants to share this discovery. Nathaniel, or Bartholomew, which we'll talk about the names a little bit later, has a little bit different reaction. He's more hesitant, isn't he? Look at verse 46. Nathanael said to him, Can anything good come out of Nazareth? But Philip's not deterred. Come and see, is his response. Right? So Nathanael's an interesting character. Here we have two men of completely different personalities. And I'm guessing, and again, I'm reading into the text here, but I can't help but guess that they probably annoyed one another, actually. They're probably those types of friends that are friends, but they're very different, right? And you can see Nathaniel almost rolling his eyes at Philip. Oh, here goes Philip again, right? What good can come out of Nazareth? But notice, both of them are interested in the truth. And that's the important thing here. And so, instead of just rolling his eyes and, you know, making a little quip to Philip, Nathaniel does go and see, right? We know that because Scripture tells us. Look at verse 47. Jesus saw Nathaniel coming toward him and said of him, 
Behold, an Israelite indeed, in whom there is no deceit. Nathanael said to him, How do you know me? Jesus answered him, Before Philip called you, when you were under the fig tree, I saw you. Philip, the apostle, is enthusiastic and goes and shares with Nathanael. And so Nathanael goes and searches for himself. And so here St. Philip's enthusiasm to join Jesus in his ministry brings Nathanael, who would also be one of the twelve apostles, and go with Philip, actually, for the rest of his life. These friends would remain friends and they would go together ministering all over the Roman world. Philip, let's focus on him first. Philip the Apostle is also found later in John's Gospel, specifically in John chapter 6. And you know, it's really interesting whenever we read Scripture. Sometimes when we read Scripture, we miss the people that are actually present, right? Because we're looking at the story that's found in Scripture. And so this was actually an insight to me that it's actually Philip in John 6 that Jesus turns to and you'll recall the setting there, there are these 5,000 people and they don't have food and Jesus is teaching them and the day is drawing to an end and so they're hungry. And Jesus said to Philip, where are we to buy bread so that these people may eat? He said this to test him for he knew what he would do. Philip answered him, 200 denarii worth of bread would not be enough for each of them to get a little. And then, of course, you know the rest of the story. Jesus feeds the 5,000. But it's after he turns to Philip. So sometimes you'll see the apostle Philip represented by bread because this is his test. In John chapter 12, Philip and Andrew introduce Jesus to some Greeks. Do you remember the story there? There are these Greeks that come up and they're there for the feast and they come up to Philip and Andrew and they say, Sir, we would see Jesus. And Philip comes along with Andrew and introduces them to the Lord. Finally, at the Last Supper, Jesus is speaking to the disciples and he says, I am the way, the truth, and the life. No one comes to the Father except through me. If you had known me, you would have known my Father also. From now on, you do know him and have seen him. Philip said to him, Lord, show us the Father, and it is enough for us. Jesus said to him, Have I been with you so long, and you still do not know me, Philip? Whoever has seen me has seen the Father. How can you say, show us the Father? Do you not believe that I am in the Father and the Father is in me? The words that I say to you, I do not speak on my own authority, but the Father who dwells in me does his works. Believe me that I am in the Father and the Father is in me, or else believe on account of the works themselves. And so we see Philip appearing throughout the Gospel of John. But we see him as a searcher for the truth, and one who seeks the face of God, as we prayed in the psalm today. 
we also see that he has this desire to share Jesus with those around him and to go and bring Jesus to people that aren't around him. He continues in the book of Acts, traveling to Samaria. In my research this week, I read a scholar by the name of W. Brian Sheldon who writes that there's lots of reliable tradition and evidence that St. Philip traveled to Turkey and then Greece and Palestine Africa, and even as far, some say, as Gaul, which is modern-day France. And you know who was with him on these journeys? Bartholomew. Bartholomew, the other name for Nathaniel. So let's look at St. Bartholomew next, called Nathaniel in this text. Nathaniel means God gives, or God has given, by process of elimination and according to historical record, his other name is Bartholomew. So how does he get that name? Well, it was actually quite common in the ancient world to have more than one name. Recall, even in scripture, we see Peter having more than one name. We see that because there's no last names, often they'll say, you know, well, I think we saw it today, right? Jesus of Nazareth, right? Jesus, you know, the one of Nazareth, that's shorthand for. But you also could identify someone by whose son they were. So you would say, Jesus, son of Joseph. Now, Nathaniel is actually the son of Ptolemaeus. And Bartholomew is Bar, son of Ptolemaeus. So Bartholomew is his last name, if you will, if we're looking at it in today's uh, modern way of, of identifying someone. So Nathaniel's his personal name, or his first name. And Bartholomew is his last name, if you will, to draw a comparison. Nathaniel's name doesn't appear anywhere else in Scripture as Nathaniel, but Bartholomew does. And he's almost always found with Philip. Their friendship continues. Uh, there's also some his historical record of this, too. There's an um, ancient historian from the 9th century that tells us that they're the same person as well. So we have it both in Scripture and um, also in history. But let's continue to look at Nathaniel. Let's look back at verse 46 again. Nathaniel said to him, that is Philip, Can anything good come out of Nazareth? And Philip said to him, Come and see. So here we see someone that's a little cynical. Someone who's a little dismissive. Maybe even a little rude. Perhaps a little curmudgeony. And he looks at his wide-eyed friend Philip with some suspicion. Here goes Philip again. Nothing unusual here. As Nathaniel approaches Jesus, however, Jesus takes him aback by giving him both a compliment and a profound insight into who he is. Now, Jesus can do this, right? I mean, being the Son of God has its advantages. You can look into another man's soul and heart. And Jesus does. And look what he says in verse 47. He says, Jesus saw Nathanael coming toward him and said to him, Behold, an Israelite indeed, in whom there is no deceit. Some translations will put this, 
a son of Israel, in whom there is no guile. And I actually like that translation a little bit better in this case. I'll tell you why. Because Jesus is looking at Nathanael, and he has this insight into who he is. What's in his heart? What are his, what's his personality? What are his virtues? What are his vices? And he also knows the conversation that Nathaniel had. And so Nathaniel, in addition to being taken aback, think of this, put yourself in Nathaniel's position. If you know that Jesus saw you under the fig tree talking to your friend, Philip, what else do you know? He heard what you said. Absolutely. He heard you just diss his hometown of Nazareth. Right? Don't miss that. And so Nathaniel can react a couple different ways. A couple different ways. Nathaniel could react out of anger here. Nathaniel could be insulted. Nathaniel could be indignant. But what drives Nathaniel, even with his dismissiveness and curmudgeonliness? The search for the truth. Seeking God. And so he puts that aside and look at his response to Jesus. Verse 48. Nathanael said to him, How do you know me? How do you know me? Jesus answered him, Before Philip called you, when you were under the fig tree, I saw you. Verse 49. Nathanael answered him, Rabbi, you are the Son of God. You are the King of Israel. Jesus answered him, Because I said to you, I saw you under a fig tree, you believe? You will see greater things than these. So you see, Nathaniel, for being dismissive and curmudgeonly, is also a straight shooter, as we say in America, right? He's a straight shooter. He's someone who tells it like it is. He's someone who is not going to make up pretense, but who's going to look at the facts and not be taken in. But when he sees the facts, he's going to follow the truth. And so he's enthusiastic because he sees Jesus to be the truth. Rabbi, Son of God, King of Israel, he calls him. Think of all of the implication of those words. Rabbi, a teacher, son of God, speaks for itself. The king of Israel. So Jesus tells Nathanael that, yes, he will see greater things than even the patriarch for whom Israel is named. And this circles back to that translation. When he calls Nathanael a son of Israel, or when he calls them a true Israelite in whom there is no deceit or in whom there is no guile. What is he doing? Well, he comes back to that here. And you might not have caught this, but look at what Jesus says because it's kind of a random thing if you don't know your Old Testament in verse 51. Jesus says, this is actually the end of verse 50, you will see greater things than these. 
And he said to him, Truly, truly, I say to you, you will see heaven opened and the angels of God ascending and descending on the Son of Man. Now, you and I might just look at that and say, well, great, cool. That's a cool day. I mean, that, that'd be amazing, right? To see the angels going and coming up and coming down the ladder on the Son of Man. But there's a lot more in that text that Jesus is saying. First of all, he's saying that he's the Son of Man, which is this huge thing in the Old Testament, speaking about the Messiah, speaking about the Chosen One of God. Not only is he a rabbi, the Son of God, or the King of Israel, he is the man. He is the man. But he's also telling him that he's going to see something more than Jacob saw. Because what is another name for Israel? What's his name before God changes it to Israel? Jacob. Jacob. And is Jacob someone without guile? Is Jacob someone without any deceit? Nope. Nope. Jacob's very name means the supplanter, the pretender, the deceptive one. And remember, what does Jacob do? Jacob, the great patriarch of Israel, goes and steals the birthright of his brother, right? Esau. But Jacob also has this vision. And this is from Genesis chapter 28, verse 10. Jacob left Beersheba and went toward Haran. And he came to a certain place and stayed there that night because the sun had set. Taking one of the stones of the place, he put it under his head and lay down in that place to sleep. And he dreamed. And behold, there was a ladder set up on the earth and the top of it reached to the heaven. And, he beho and behold, the angels of God were ascending and descending on it. And behold, the Lord stood above it and said, I am the Lord, the God of Abraham, your father, and the God of Isaac. The land on which you lie I will give to you and your offspring. Your offspring shall be like the dust of the earth, and you shall spread abroad to the west and to the east and to the north and to the south. And in you, your offspring, shall all the families of the earth be blessed. Think about that for a moment. What's Jesus here saying to Nathaniel? That Jesus is fulfilling this prophecy to Jacob. This prophecy that God made to Jacob is going to be is being fulfilled in their sight, Philip and Nathaniel's sight. And more than that, they're going to be part of the fulfillment of this prophecy. That's pretty cool. Jacob looked to the time of Jesus, but Nathaniel and Philip are in his presence. And so Nathaniel, also called Bartholomew, will be in the presence of Christ once again in John chapter 21, where we see Jesus, the risen Lord, appear to the disciples. He doesn't appear to all of them. 
Jesus the risen Lord in John chapter 21 appears with appears to Peter, John, Thomas, James, and Bartholomew. And there's actually two others that are unnamed. And so Philip or rather Bartholomew, Nathaniel, gets confusing, doesn't it? Bartholomew, Nathaniel, actually sees Jesus glorified after the resurrection and then goes out to proclaim the gospel to the north, to the south, to the east, and to the west with Philip. He travels extensively to, to Turkey, to Greece, some people say to India, even, and Armenia. And St. Bartholomew actually ends up being skinned alive and beheaded because of his dedication to the truth. So sometimes you'll see him represented holding knives, holding knives as the instrument of his martyrdom. But do you see what a wonderful revealing this is? What a wonderful fulfillment of prophecy this is, all because Jesus calls these two men and they say yes. So what does this have to say to the church today? Well, what it's said through the ages. Number one, heed Jesus' words. Follow me. Follow me, says Jesus. We see in this passage people searching out the truth, seeking God diligently, tenaciously. And so we, like Philip and Nathaniel, regardless of our personalities, are called to seek out Jesus, to seek out our Lord, and where he would act in our lives. Both of these men hear his call, and they follow him for the rest of their lives to the point of death. There's so many distractions and so much turmoil in our world today, isn't there? If we look at the news, if we scroll through our social media, when we look at the news sites, there's all sorts of tumult Follow Jesus. Follow Jesus. Don't go astray. Don't get distracted. Yes, empires come and empires go. Yes, political orders change. Yes, there's a lot to be concerned about in the world. Don't get me wrong. There's plenty to be concerned about. But keep your priorities right. Follow Jesus. For he's never going to abandon us. And he's not going to fall even if the country should fall. The church remains. He remains. Seek him in word and sacrament. Make sure you don't get distracted and caught up in the noise. Secondly, don't be distracted from the mission that we're called to. Come and see Come and see, Philip says to Nathaniel. And so you and I are given the mission to go to our neighbors, 
to go to those even who aren't our neighbors, even in a time of pandemic, especially in a time of pandemic, even a time of political up, up, I don't know what word to use, uprising, turmoil, upheaval, even in those times, maybe especially in those times, go to your friends that are worried. Go to those people that are wondering what to do and say, hey, come and see. Jesus is still king. Jesus is still king. And he's got this, friends. He's got this. We need the good news of Jesus more now than ever. We need to be inviting people to come and see Jesus more now than ever. It's God's pleasure and privilege to reveal himself to us in Jesus Christ. And so it's our pleasure and privilege to reveal Jesus to our neighbors, our friends, and to those around us who desperately need him. Finally, we see that God appreciates and redeems all sorts of personalities. Too often we as good Christians think that other people are going to look just like us, don't we? We think, ah, I'm a quiet, you know, diligent reader. To be a good Christian must be to be a quiet, diligent reader, right? Or we think, I'm an exuberant person. And I love going and talking to people and spreading the gospel. And therefore, to be a Christian, you've got to be exuberant and have high energy and be that youth pastor that I never was. <laughs> right? Both are created by God to serve God. Both are created by God with personalities unique in order to be redeemed and to give God glory in his kingdom. Friends, don't lose sight of that because we see here in Scripture Bartholomew or Nathaniel and Philip who, yeah, probably annoyed one another going on these journeys all over the world for Jesus that people might come and see. Friends, as we go forward this day, I ask you to take that with you. Never cease to follow Jesus and never cease to invite others to come and see. Sometimes we get caught up. Well, I don't have the right words. Look at, look at Philip's words here. Does Philip take them down the, the tract or you know, go over the spiritual, four spiritual laws or take them down Romans Road? Right? All those things that you might or might not be familiar with forms of evangelism? No. He says, come and see. Come and see. Invite people to church. Or invite people to watch church on Facebook right now. Invite people to Bible study. Say, come and see. Invite people to your dinner table. or Why well, you can't right now. Invite people to your back patio to have a cigar or to, you know, have a warm beverage to keep yourselves warm in this cold weather and say, come and see. Whatever it looks like, let's do it. Let us seek God in the morning and at all times. And the peace of Christ, which passes all understanding, will guard and remain with us. 
in the name of the Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit. Amen.